0: Hi, leaders. I'm Jennifer Iverson, and welcome to our Connections podcast. I'm so excited to be talking with Kelly Jordan today from Mops International staff about taking a fresh look at your leadership team. Welcome. How about if you tell us a little bit about yourself and your Mops history?
1: Hi, Jen, I'm really excited to be here today and talk a little bit about things that we know leaders are already thinking about at this time of year. So I started in MOPS in 1993 when my oldest was three years old. So I currently have three MOPEDS graduates. Two of them are grown and married, and um, my youngest is in college. I've been involved in MOPs leadership that whole time, doing different things, different leadership team positions, and I served as one of our coaches and now on staff in the leadership experience team. And Jen, I know you've been involved in MOPs for quite a while too, so Why don't you tell us about your family and about your MOPS leadership experience?
0: I visited my first MOPS meeting back in 2000 when my husband and I and our two kids moved to a new town and I was super desperate for mommy friends. But I remember what I found wasn't just deep friendship, but a place to grow and grew in the fact that I served in leadership in a couple of different positions. I started a group at our church and four kids later, because I really didn't want to leave MOPS, but now I have six kids. I also served as a volunteer, as a MOPS coach, and then three years ago joined MOPS staff on the leadership experience team. I love
1: what we do. You know, we spend a lot of time thinking about leaders and listening to them and asking questions. And so it's fun to now get to talk to them in this different setting.
0: It is. You know, one thing we hear from our leaders this time of year is they're thinking about their leadership teams for next year. Maybe they have leaders stepping down or moving away, and they're starting to think, how are we going to fill those positions? So I think this is a great, a great topic to talk about. Do you have some tips that we could share with leaders about that?
1: The biggest encouragement I would give leaders at this time of year is to remember that you still have a few months left in our current theme. It's easy to start thinking ahead, but we need to finish where we are really well. And so to really stay focused and present with the moms in our groups within this theme. But I also know that this is the time of year where we start to think about what we're going to do next are we gonna stay in leadership or do we wanna do something different in leadership or who's gonna serve alongside us? I would encourage leaders to spend a little bit of time right now sitting down around the table with the rest of your team, the people that currently lead MOPS with you to really think about what you do as a group. When we can strip everything down and just look at the basics, it gives us a chance to look at what is really important to us. What do we want our group to be known for? So take some time answering that question. What do we want to be known for? Whether this is your first year as a MOPS group or this is your 20th year as a MOPS group, it's still a really good question to ask. What do we want to be known for? So let's look at what is really the most important thing and focus in on what we're really trying to do as a group.
0: I love that. Just just going back to the basics, reminding ourselves what the purpose of our meeting is, is helpful. I know here at Mops, we wanted to make that super simple for leaders. And so we broke down that purpose into three categories. The welcome, that we want to make sure that every mom knows that she's planned for And the meeting element, we want to know that women grow as moms and as women. And then that connection piece, that's the way that we get to go deeper in our relationships with each other. Having that, stripping it down to that makes it easier sometimes too to plan.
1: If those are really the core things that you want to do as a group, and I really think that that's what most MOPs groups want at their heart and what most moms want when they come to a group, they want to feel welcomed. They want something that will help them grow, learn more about themselves and other people and learn more about Jesus. And they want some way to connect If you look at it from that perspective and say, okay, how do we do those three things? What people do we need in our team so that we can accomplish those things? I think that that's kind of a refreshing way to look at it.
0: Let's talk about those a little bit. We talk about wanting every mom to feel welcome. And sometimes we think that the job of the hospitality person, but that's everybody's job. Every leader is looking around to make sure a mom is comfortable and knows that we're glad she's there. You wouldn't stand in your house and have somebody walk into your house and completely ignore them. And so I think we can say that same thing applies to your meetings. You don't want a mom to walk in and nobody say, to her, hey, hi, we're glad you're here, whether she's been there once or whether she's been
1: there four times. Most leaders in a mobs group would never do that on purpose. But sometimes we get caught up in trying to finish up our last minute things and make sure that our task list is done before the meeting starts. Sometimes we miss those opportunities to really welcome somebody in, to smile at them, to say hi, to show them where the coffee is, whatever. A lot of that is simplifying what you do on MOPs days. So when it's time to start, you're ready to greet every person that walks through the door.
0: And we know there's details that have to be taken care of. You know, somebody makes the coffee, somebody turns on the lights. It's important to be able to look at those details and find people that take responsibility for them. But we don't want to lose the purpose.
1: Well, let's think about the meeting time for just a second, whether... You meet for 30 minutes or you meet for two hours or somewhere in between. There has to be somebody that thinks through what that time looks like. But it doesn't have to be just one person that handles the whole thing. That's kind of a group effort. That's what I like about being on a team. I have a leadership team at the MOPS group that I'm part of. There's four of us. We sit down at the beginning of the year and we list out the topics we want to talk about. Ask moms who've been attending, what would you like to hear about? So we get some feedback and we look through the videos that come from MOPS and we decide which topics we're going to talk about when. And then we make a list of the things that need to be done during the meeting. We like to have some sort of a welcome, you know, whether it's an icebreaker or something just to get Women talking. We want the that main speaking time, a speaker or a video, and then my group loves crafts. We do. I know <laughs> I that it. not every group loves crafts, but you know, you and I both started as creative activities leaders. Those both of us. That was our first position I know. We're on the leadership team, right? We are. Right. <laughs> I know. I, so I love it and I'm part of a group that loves it. Now, not every group does. And so if your group doesn't love it, then by all means, you don't have to do it all the time. I think there's some value in every now and then giving women an opportunity to do something creative, whether it's a craft or some lifestyle skill that they're learning or a service project. I think there's some real value in that, but you don't have to do it every week.
0: There's a, a broad range of things that you could do for that.
1: So we sit down and we say, these are the things that we want to do in the meeting times. And then instead of assigning one person to lead a creative activity every time, or one person to lead the icebreaker every time we divide it up and we say, okay, who wants to do it for this meeting? Who wants to find something fun to do for this meeting? So we divide it up that way. So I can't say that on our leadership team we have someone who is the hospitality person or we have someone who is the craft person. We do it all because that works for us. Now, there are groups out there who want the specific positions, and if that works for you, we're not saying that you should throw that out and start over. We are encouraging you to take a little bit of time to think through, does this work really well for us? And if it doesn't, what are some options?
0: Right. Take a look at how you're running your leadership team, and is it working well?
1: The other thing that we have to consider, what we're going to do with the children Yes. during our <laughs> during meeting. Moms. So we have to have somebody that thinks through what we're gonna do with the children. Now, that's different in so many churches. Groups that meet in churches, very often the church provides uh, childcare for them, or some groups have to find all volunteers, or they have to hire people themselves to come in. But that's another opportunity for you to sit down and think of how can we offer childcare? in a way that is the least stressful for those running it, but still provides this really safe, nurturing atmosphere for the kids so that the moms can sit down in their meeting and really learn something
0: we often hear leaders say childcare is one of the restrictive things to them welcoming new moms in because they're full. They don't have any more room for kids. This is a good opportunity too to sit down and look at that and say, hey, are there some things that we could do differently? Could we add another group that doesn't have childcare? Can we add a different kind of group? There's some other options, and this is a great time of year to sit down and look at mm-hmm. how are we welcoming every mom, and do we have space for every mom during our meeting
1: and, or can we meet on sunday night when there's already a children's fire program or a WANA or something already going on the children are already cared for in this other environment and the moms are just hanging out and we meet then that's a great opportunity it just kind of takes the child care piece off the table and allows you to really focus in on the other parts of MOPs. There's just a lot of options out there. And so our challenge is to sit down and think it through.
0: And then we've talked about the connection piece too, which is really my favorite part. It's that that one-on-one time, that's where your friendships deepen, but it's also the point where your relationships get to the point that you're friends enough that you get to talk more about Jesus. You get to weave in your story about how Jesus has affected your life, which really is... Is the whole purpose of why we do MOP
1: in almost every survey or evaluation i've ever done or ever seen about mops the thing that moms love the most is this opportunity to connect across the table with someone who is in a similar season.
0: They came to MOPS maybe for the coffee or the speaker or the activity or a chance to take a break from their kids, but they stayed because of the relationships.
1: If we have too many other things packed into our meeting time that we don't have the opportunity to just sit around the table and talk, we're missing something significant.
0: If you were looking at your meeting times and you say, oh, but we don't have time to talk, then you need to rearrange your meeting somehow, because that is the key piece.
1: The people that kind of help lead that time could be a, a, a discussion group leader that is assigned to a certain group of women and she connects with them not only in the meeting, after the speaker, after your video where you start to talk about what you've learned, but she also connects with them outside of the meeting, whether she's you know texting them saying boy I'm glad you were there or you mentioned a sick child how are they doing or also reminding them hey our next meeting is in a couple of weeks or we've really missed you Cause you haven't been there. Having people that are keeping track of the moms and connecting with them outside the group, that is a really important part of the mops experience. And I think it's important for the mom. I mean, that's what most women really crave is some sort of connection with a real person as right. opposed to just connecting on Facebook and other social Dexter. media, which I love. <laughs> I do. I love that stuff, but we need to connect human to human sometimes. And that's what, that's what MOPs provides. So I think a discussion group leader helps with that. There are some groups that have formal discussion group leaders. There are also some that their leadership team each has a group. Uh, They do other things to help plan the meeting, but then they also lead the discussion and they check in with the moms in between.
0: And some Um, groups have mentors for every table and some groups have a single mentor that can help Mm -hmm. with some of that connection.
1: I know that you can run a MOPs group without a mentor. A lot of groups do it, but if you have the opportunity to seek one out, I would encourage you to do that because it's somebody who has parented young children and they get the chance, first of all, you can see that yes, they did survive it. Relati- <laughs> God, <laughs> and they're relatively sane, you know, on the other side. yes. But I also think they offer this perspective that when you're in the midst of the day-to-day activities of raising very young children, sometimes you miss the big picture. That's what a mentor can provide. Really encourage and invest in young women who are doing this day-to-day thing that can sometimes seem really mundane and sometimes seem really unimportant. What you're doing is life-changing. If you don't have a mentor, I would encourage you to throw that out to your team and start thinking through, is there somebody that might be interested in coming in and investing?
0: I think one of the things I love the most about MOPS is how unique each group is. Some groups that have, you know, 15, 20 leaders on their leadership team. We have other groups that have two or three. I saw a statistic that said our average MOPs group is 20 moms. I know we've got groups out there that are well over 100, But I don't think I don't think a lot of leaders recognize that that's not the norm or that's not necessarily the point of strife. We know that the real connection happens around a table of like five, six, eight moms, more so than a giant room full of moms.
1: Right. So even if you have a group of 100 women, you still need to divide them into smaller groups within that. Right, so they have to really connect. connection.
0: When we started, we talked a little bit about maybe we have some holes that we think need to be filled. Well, maybe we've taken a look at our team now and said, okay, we want somebody that, that can help focus on this. But what kind of leaders should we be looking for?
1: When you strip it all away and you decide, okay, we, we want to be sure that we have this welcoming environment, uh, an environment where women can grow and learn, we want a place where they feel really connected. They feel like they belong. When you start to think about who can come alongside me as a leader and help accomplish that, that's probably where a lot of leaders are this time of year. How do we find those people? Those people are already probably around you close by. (laughs) I think as you watch women interact in a MOPS group all year long, you really start to see the ones that might be interested in investing even more. Right. Who's the person that's always early? She might be the one to uh, set up greeters, or to greet at the door, or turn on the lights, or to help fix the coffee. And, or maybe you have the woman that always hangs around afterward. Well, she might be willing to help clean up, or this is my this is the one I love, is you've got the woman who will do her creative activity and then start helping other people it's do just theirs too. Everybody, everybody else is is at the table. Right. Yeah. right, or the person that yeah. doesn't like crafts, and she says, hey, Somebody will just, will somebody just make this for me? And she goes, yeah, I will. Okay. When you see her, she's the one that you might want to talk to and say, Hey, do you want to get a little bit more involved and invest back in our group? Right. I do I think love that, that sometimes, yeah, I do too. I do think that sometimes we think, well, I have to find someone who will do hospitality. And we have this long list in our head of what hospitality is. If you ask them in a way that says, will you come add a little bit of some social media posting on a regular basis? And I see that you're out there on Facebook a lot. Would you like to help us do that? Would you help us? Yeah. So I think when you ask them that way, it makes it a little less daunting than saying, will you come and do publicity for us?
0: Right, right. It gives them the why they're helping too. Moms in general want to know that they're making a difference. So you give them the how they're going to make a difference more so than just the task that they're going to do. What kind of leaders specifically should we be looking for? Like what kind of qualities do we need to have in leaders?
1: You want leaders who, first of all, understand what you're trying to do in MOPS. Remember we encouraged you to take a little bit and, and figure out what things were the most important and what you wanna be known for as a group.
0: Right, what are and perfect- so
1: Right, so I think you need some leaders who are gonna be able to buy into that. We get the question quite a bit at MOPS where they ask us about the qualifications that women need in order to serve on a leadership team. The very first answer we always give is, first, you need to check with your church. You are a ministry of your church and very often your church might have qualifications that are required. Sometimes they say, well, they have to be a believer. They have to attend our church. Sometimes they have to have gone through some sort of membership training or leadership class. Check with your church and see what requirements they have. Because of the ministry.
0: They may have different requirements for different positions. They might say, you know, only your coordinator or only your mentors need to be
1: members of the church. Exactly. So that's where you need to start. Now, as an organization, MOPS doesn't have a lot of rules. We do have a few suggestions, though. So I want to clarify one question that we get all the time. You know, MOPS has this statement of faith, and we have a statement of our values and beliefs. And anytime that a church becomes a host for a MOPS group, we ask them to sign our statement of faith. And we want to make sure that they have seen our values and beliefs because everything that we put out there, every resource, all of our curriculum, everything that we create is through the lens of our values. So we ask churches that are going to host groups to agree with the statement of faith and to know about those values. We do not insist that leaders sign the statement of faith. Now, your church might have something that they need leaders to sign and to agree to, and that is up to your church. That's part of the conversation you need to have with them. If you have decided as a group that one of the important things that you want to do is to be able to share Jesus with women that walk in your door, and I'm hoping that you agree that that is something important for your group because it's key to what Mops International believes. That's our goal. So so if if you want to share Jesus with every woman that walks through your door, you need your group to be led by women who are following Jesus so that they can encourage others to follow Jesus. That core group of leaders should be Jesus followers who are comfortable sharing what they know about Jesus. I don't think every person that invests in any kind of leadership in your group has to have that same belief only because it gives you a couple of opportunities. You open your arms wide to people who want to give back to a group that they've received something from they want to invest in it and they want to be part of it and so you bring them alongside you to lead alongside you and there is no better opportunity for you to encourage her growth and introduce her to jesus than for her to serve right there beside you
0: my team used to do a book study every year throughout the year we had a woman who was not a jesus follower that ran our creative activities for a while. And she got to come to our leadership meetings and dig into this book study. And uh, through that, she became a Jesus follower.
1: I just want to make sure that people are hearing us correctly. That core group should be Jesus followers. Now, that core group might be two or three or four leaders. It could be bigger. It could be smaller. It depends on your group. So that core group, I, I think that we should not limit other people's involvement if they are not. If they want to invest in the group, if they want to serve alongside you, find a place for them to serve. Let them use their abilities and while they're serving alongside you, you're going to get to share with them what you know about Jesus. That is what we're all about anyway.
0: It lets moms know that they're they're seen, they're wanted and they're needed and to let them know that they're valuable. If we see people that we want to say I think that person would make a great person on our leadership team, is there really a good way to ask somebody to be part of the leadership team?
1: I think there's a bad way to ask somebody <laughs> to be part of a leadership team. <laughs> I was asked one time several years ago, a woman in our church, I was walking out of church on a Sunday morning and she was across the parking lot from me. And she yelled across, Hey, Kelly, you wouldn't want to help with this. Would you? (laughs) No, I would not. (laughs) so easy for me to say, no, I wouldn't. (laughs) So I think that there is a, a wrong way to ask somebody to serve. The right way is to share with them, This is what we're doing. This is what's important to us. This is the kind of group we want to be. We would love for you to come and help us be specific, to not say just, would you come and do hospitality? Would you come and do this part of it so that we can be more welcoming to moms? Um, Could you come and, and help with this so that we can connect more? with the moms in between meetings. There
0: might be a place to ask that broad question because there may be people that you don't know that are interested in serving. But I think you're right. I think I saw you do this and I think you'd be great sharing your talents with our moms.
1: Sometimes women don't see in themselves what we see in them. If you can go to a woman and say, hey, I think that you would be great at this. I had one woman that I asked to help plan our meetings to help decide what our topics were gonna be and the, the rhythm and the flow of our meeting, asked her to get involved in that. And she said, I've never led anything in my life. I don't know if I can do this. And I looked at her and I said, I believe you can do this. And you're not gonna do it alone because there are several of us that are gonna be there right beside you. We would just like for you to take charge of this part. She stepped in and she loved it and she did a great job. There's something about walking up to a woman and looking her in the face and saying, you are really good at this. And I would love for you to get involved in helping create this kind of a space that we want to. I think there is a place for that broad ask too, you know, where you stand up in front of the group and you say, hey, we're looking for a few people that would be interested in doing these things. Or some groups might do a, a survey or something more fun. Survey sounds a little boring, something more fun than that, but some way to find out what abilities do we have? What skills do we have in the, in the room that we might be able to use to help our group grow and reach more moms? But the, the personal ask is usually the one that gets the best response. I want to throw one other thing out here before we wrap things up. I know that there are some groups out there that have really large leadership teams you know, there might be sure. 16 or more on a leadership team. I think that's great if you have that many people that are interested in leadership and you have a team that size. I'm not saying there's anything in the world wrong with that, but I would like to challenge those groups to take a few minutes to sit across from each other and say, can we do what we're doing with eight and the other eight go and start another group either somewhere else or a different time of day or a different day of week, especially if you have a waiting list. If you have a waiting list of moms and you have 16 people on your leadership team, I'm challenging you to sit down and think, is there a way that we can reach more moms? And maybe that way is to split up and do what we do, still do it really, really well, but do it with less leaders so that we can do it in more places.
0: We actually just had a mom today say, I called this group because I, my friend told me about MOPs and I moved to a new area and I wanted to go. And when I called them, they said, I'm sorry, we're full. Try back again in a couple months. And that just that broke my heart to think that there's a mom that desperately wanted connection that's not connecting. So I want to
1: ask you this question, Jen. What is one thing that you would like leaders to to take away from this conversation? The
0: one thing I want leaders to take away as we talk about taking a fresh look at your leadership team is acknowledging we're tired, we're overwhelmed we're worn out, some of us are, at this time of year, that opportunity to evaluate what we're doing and how we do it gives us an opportunity to simplify, either so that we don't completely wear ourselves out, but it also, the people that are watching us, if we want them to get involved, we want them to see how life-giving being a leader can be, not how life-sucking it can be. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a great opportunity to say, okay, how can we do this?
1: A way that we can do it that takes less energy or that gives us more energy. If you're doing something that is sapping you, maybe it's something you don't need to keep doing.
0: Or is it something somebody else could do? What about you? Is there one thing you want leaders to take away from this?
1: I really want leaders to walk away willing to accept the challenge, to sit down at a table with the rest of their team and just strip everything down to the basics. Ask themselves, what do we want to be known for? I really believe that a lot of us are going to come up with the answer of we want to welcoming to moms we want to create a space where she can grow and learn more about herself and about Jesus and we want to create a place where she can connect if that is the basics of what you want to do what else do we need to strip away so that we can really focus in on that
0: I think that's excellent so leaders, we would love to continue this conversation. If you have some questions to ask or some suggestions for how you've simplified your leadership team or how you're taking a fresh look at your leadership team, we invite you to join us on the leadership community at leaders.mops.org forums and look for the leadership insights topic. Kelly and I will be there ready to chat with you. Thanks for joining us today for Connections, the podcast.